0: Appreciate God, amen, appreciate his presence, his love, his mercy, his grace, and uh, I don't understand how a God, as holy and just as he is, can love people as sinful and wretched as we are, but I'm sure thankful he does. I'm thankful that I didn't have to um, measure up to anything, I didn't have to achieve something, I didn't have to do this or do that, I just had to believe And that's Bible, that's what the Bible teaches, is believe, and I'm so thankful that we have that this morning. Turn with your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. Luke, chapter 19, this is somewhat of a familiar story. Uh, I heard a couple different preachers, and I agree with them, take issue a little bit on what this story is usually titled, but it's okay, I understand the reason behind it. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. Verse 29, this is a story that appears in all four Gospels. You understand that not very many uh, stories, parables, whatever appears in all four. There are very few. Uh, you've got Matthew, Mark, and Luke that kind of follows the same type of pattern. Uh, Luke gives usually more detail than the other two. Uh, but John, uh, his Gospel is completely, in a lot of ways completely different than the other three. John focuses an awful lot on the last week of the life of Christ, much more so than the others. You also know that John's gospel, and I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but anyway, is often called he's the writer of love because he uses the word love so much. Uh, John 3, 16, usually the first verse that most kids memorize, uh, most people. But this morning, uh, we're going to preach to you, we're going to take our text from this particular area, a little bit different. I know. Normally, I always preach most of the time expositorily, but uh, this is—we'll still have some expository, but it's going to be a little bit different this morning. It's just the way God led us. So, Luke's Gospel, chapter nineteen, verse twenty-nine. Everybody there. Amen. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethany, and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, "Go into the village over against." You and in the, in the which you're entering, he shall find a cold tide, wherein yet never a man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do he loose him? Thus shalt thou say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. I could preach right there very easy, but anyway. And they that were sent went their way and found even as he said unto them. There's another message. Uh, and as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto him, Why loose he the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. Remember, the Bible says, this was a colt where never a man sat. For those of you that's never got, had the privilege and the blessing of watching a good classic Western, that's good preaching right there, um, you don't set on an untamed beast. Uh, he will instantly uh, remove you from his back. Uh, and even though this is a young cult, you say he's not strong enough. Yes, he is. Go get a hold of one of them. And you'll find out. This is a miracle in itself. There's reason behind all this, but I don't have time to go into it. That's not the message this morning. I don't want to get lost here. And as he went... They spread their clothes in the way. When he was come nigh, even now at the descent, the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be, king, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. Wow. Verse 40, and he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Father, we thank you again for this time together. And God, for this day that you've given us, for this opportunity that we have to call on you. God, for the mercy and the grace that you've shown us. Lord, for the pity that you have for us. And God, we read about so many miracles in your word, God, one after another. And Jesus, your life, here on earth was anything but boring. I pray that we could honor you and realize, God, how wonderful it is to serve you, walk with you, and obey you. Yes, Lord, I know sometimes it gets hard, it gets tough, and God, the, the fire gets hot. But God, how wonderful it is to know that if we're doing something for you, God, it's well worth it all. And God, we'll be like you, Jesus. If we say we want to be like you, then that's what it takes. Lord, I pray this morning that you give me the words needed for this hour. God, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence that we felt here. Just for your mercy and for the the blessing that you have blessed us with this morning. God, I thank you for your word, Lord. And God, I pray this morning, Father, that you use me as you see fit, Lord. Speak through me, God, the very words that are needed. Bring my thoughts into order and keep me focused, God, on what you want me to preach. And God, I pray that you touch the hearts of each one that are here. God, I don't know what everybody here is dealing with this morning. I don't know why there's some not here and some that are. But I thank you, God, for those that are and for those that may be watching or listening. In Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, when I first started telling you about our message here, our text, uh, it's usually always titled, The Triumphal Entry. And I personally agree with a lot of preachers. Uh, I disagree with some of the scholars and theologians here. A triumphal entry I find in the book of Revelations. <laughs> when he comes back on the white horse, and on his vesture says, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he sets foot on this earth, and he rules and reigns, and he says, I'm God, and you're fixed to the seed that I'm God. That's a triumphal entry. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But there's a few places in the Bible that I find where I believe Jesus made some triumphal entries. Now, I think we could debate maybe some of them, but I believe that, there, as I said, there's more than one. Now, a lot of people, a lot of dignitaries, or leaders, whatever you want to call them, can enter a room or, or sometimes enter a country. I know uh, when any of the setting presidents come here, uh, they've been here a couple times, I mean, they shut down literally almost every street in Charleston. You might as well plan on detours because you're not going to drive anywhere near that caravan. It's usually a, a pretty big to-do anywhere they go. Uh, another leader from another country can come here and certain things or big to-dos are made about them. And, and a lot of, of fanfare goes along with that. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like the entrance of Jesus Christ. No one or no, no thing will ever equal what he does when he comes on the scene. Our leaders are limited in what they can do. They're very limited in a lot of ways. You stop and think about it. They can pass laws. They can write orders. They can do this. North Korea, China, whatever dictator, Russia you want to think about, whatever elected official you want to think about, they're limited in what they can do. Uh, Putin has been trying now for close to a year for Ukraine and still hasn't accomplished it. God can overthrow this world in a matter of seconds if He so desires. In fact, probably about two maybe all it takes. The one second for it to happen, the other second for us to realize that something has happened. But we find in our Bible that the greatest, and even in history teaches us this, even though the secular world doesn't like to agree with it, the greatest appearances in the history and all the world involve Jesus. Time revolves around Him. B.C. A.D. They've been trying to change. You can't change it. You can't change who he is or what he is. In all the world, it involves him. And we see him. He was present at creation. Man, wasn't that wonderful? I know we talked about it. Wasn't that wonderful this morning quoting Genesis 1-1, singing a little sigh? I thank God for that. Amen. So he was there. He made a pretty good appearance uh, as an entry. When Elijah prayed the fire down, I'd say that was a pretty good Triumphal entry of Jesus Christ right there on that spot. The three Hebrew children walking around the fiery furnace. He made a pretty triumphal entry right there. Think about that. When's the last time you tried to walk through a fire and Jesus take you by the hand and so let's go walk through this fire and let's let people see that nothing can touch me or you unless I allow it. Oh, what a control. What power. But I want to look at some things this morning, some times that he made a triumphal entry in our lives. In Luke's gospel also, chapter 2, verse 11, says, For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude in the heavenly host praising God saying, Glory to God of the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Didn't we just read something a little bit ago that sounded similar to that when he went into Jerusalem? Here we find that no other birth has ever been celebrated like Jesus. We find that no other birth has ever changed the course of history for mankind like Jesus. You're talking about a triumphal entry. You think that the God that spoke this world into existence, you and I, if we're going to do anything, we have to put our hands on it. If we're going to change anything, do anything, we have to Touch it, God didn't have to touch a thing he spoke and boom there it is Amen. I heard a preacher, Donnie Farmer Jr if you've never listened to him preach I'd uh, advise you sometime to look him up sometime and listen to him he's like anybody I've ever heard the man must be brilliant beyond belief but he uh, preached a message of the constellations of how they show God in this Jesus in the sky never heard anything like it before in my life Yet, we see that we're still discovering stars and God calls them all by name and all that power, all that glory, how it, what it took to bring that down, to suppress that down to the seed of a woman and Jesus go through the birthing process just the same as every other living being. Hey, what kind of power is that to take all the glory that holds this earth universe together and say, I'm going to make myself in likeness of man. Amen. That's a trifle entry. I guess probably the most fanfare most of the time in a birth uh, as far as uh, publicly goes is when the, usually the first baby that is born on the new year. The first baby that is born in the new year sometimes gets a little publicity. Other than that, most babies don't get a whole lot. Jesus had a heavenly host celebrating his That's a pretty good Triumphal entry, he asked me. His entry to earth, number one, his entry to earth. It took something to bring that. That's a pretty good entry. Number two, his entry in Jerusalem, what I just read to you. Never had a nation or city had an entry like this one. Notice a couple things it said. You notice everyone took notice. I'm going to be honest with you. They've been certain uh, celebrities, they've been certain politicians and people come here and people would get in line, get tickets to go see them and, and and hear them speak. I've thought about it a little bit once or twice and that was about it. I'll be honest with you, other than the inconvenience of having to try to dodge traffic and go to detour around when somebody comes here, most of the time I'm just not that interested. Right. Nah, it's nothing against anybody else. If you went and listened to Big D or uh, uh, that's Donald Trump, by the way, or, or or whoever else comes here. If you go see uh, Chevy Chase came, most of you don't even know who it is, and it doesn't matter. Famous actor when he came here a couple years ago. God bless you, but I'm just not that interested. But when Jesus come into the city here, riding on a on a donkey on a on a colt's ass that had never been ridden before, there's a lot of significance to that. But again, I I, I got to not I can't go there. I'm down. In John's gospel, we read this story and it says, The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how he prevailed nothing, behold, the world has gone after him. Number two, entry into Jerusalem. That was a trifle entry. He came into a city that wanted to kill him that was after him and he rode in because the Bible uh, predicted it, that it would happen and he rode on that donkey, on that colt and he had, and they laid their coats in front of him, took palm leaves and waved and said, Hosanna, pray. Praise be to God. You're talking about a trifle entry. When's the last time you've seen somebody come into a place and was praised Amen. just for being there? As they were entering in, you know, he didn't have a police escort. He didn't have no military escort. He didn't have none of this. He didn't ask for this to happen, that to happen. He didn't say, I need snipers on the roof. I need this done, I need that done. He got on that little colt and he rode in that colt that had never been ridden. You see, he can tame the wildest things in people if we'll just let him. There's a whole lot on that colt i got to get off of. it. I'm going to end up going a whole other direction. I know I keep saying that. but <laughs> yeah, I often thought what it would have been like to have been there to see this. Let read a couple verses to you again. It said, and they, uh, they, and they that were sent went their way and found, even as he had said unto them, You know, I've never found God to tell me something that wasn't true. Not one time. Even though it may not be written down in the Bible, God says this and this and this and such and such, I've always found it to be true when he speaks to me. He's never one time shystered me. Not once. And here we go on and it says, and as they were loosing the colt, the owners, they were upset to him, why loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord have need of him. He told them exactly what to say. He told them exactly what was going to happen and that's exactly what happened. Isn't that amazing? And they brought him to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the coat, and they set Jesus there on. So they took, I don't know what the temperature was. I've thought, so many thoughts goes through my mind when I think about stuff like this. If they had, they obviously had some extra coats, uh, something, and they landed upon that coat. You know, there are sins in our lives sometimes that has affected us and it's visible. But Jesus will take his blood and wash away them sins and cover it. This is that little coat, the covering went over that and protected him and protected Jesus. Jesus. Thank God he protects you and I. What an entry. What an entry that he made here. i got to hurry. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. I've, I've seen cartoons where uh, it, it usually Bugs Bunny or something like that. They'll take and lay a coat down and a little lady will walk across it and then uh, Daffy Duck or somebody will walk across it and sink plumb out of sight into the hole. I don't know if it was mud I don't know if it was there. All I know is they thought enough of him to take whatever garment they had on and so we're going to lay it down in front of you, Jesus. It's a sign of submission. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you took your garment of sin off no matter how, much it, no matter how embarrassing it was, no matter how rebuking it was to you, no matter how uh, rebellious it may be, no matter what it is in your life and you laid it down in front of him? Amen. When's the last time you've done that? Is he asking you to lay something down in front of him today? That was extra. I know that wasn't going to be in there. Let me move on. Number one is entering to earth. Number two is entering to Jerusalem. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12. It says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Number three is entry into my heart. Amen. You see, the first two were visible. On the birth, very few people got to experience that. You know what was one of the most shameful occupations you could have in the Bible during, during this time when Jesus was born? A shepherd. Who was it announced to? The shepherds. And yet, all of heaven was taking <laughs> notice. Imagine those shepherds looking up in the sky, and that angel speaking. And by the way, it was a male angel. I apologize for ruining your vision, but I don't apologize for telling you the truth. Those little dainty female, pretty little porcelain angels are not in the Bible. But this angel appeared, and they're looking up. All of a sudden, the whole sky lights up. The heavenly host, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You're talking about some bright stars. I believe the stars took a back seat on that night. I believe they was they they couldn't be seen. I believe that the heavenly host was so bright, the glory of God shining down on baby Jesus. You're talking about a triumphal entry. That's a triumphal entry. And then he comes into Jerusalem, and the whole city stops and says, There he is. There's the one that's worked all the works, all the miracles, all the things. And they start sharing stories as he went by. He healed my son. He brought my daughter back to life. He saved my dad. He did this and all the things. That's a triumphal entry into a city. But the greatest thing I've ever experienced, only two people saw it. So what do you mean, preacher? The night I got saved, I was sitting in the back of the church on this side, sitting beside Janet's daughter-in-law, who's now went on to glory. Her son Robbie was standing up leaning over against a, a thing they had made over top of the steps. And a lot of people already went to the altar. And what they didn't know that night, that tape that was recorded, the man of God preached, and I heard him say, who's that guy back there? He said, I believe it's beside his wife. He thought she was my wife. She wasn't, but he didn't know. He said, I believe if somebody go to him, he gets saved. I know he was talking about me. See, nobody, somebody had already had come to me. You just couldn't see him. But brother, I sure failed him. Finally, God broke my heart, and I believe... First step I took, God saved me. I come to the altar and I deal down. And I, I tell you, I've got out of the habit of telling people, say, follow me into the sinner's prayer. I say, you pray and you ask God to save you in the way you want to and you stay there till you're satisfied. Amen. There's no sinner's prayer in the Bible, folks. That's really not there. What we've made it, it's not. But that night, there was an entrance come into my heart. Two people knew for sure it's real. Me and him and him. You realize on that moment instantly he gave me power to become a child of God. I don't have power to become your child. I don't know if I can't get any power to become yours and you don't have any power to make me yours but God sure had the power to make me his and bring me into his family. The entry into my heart. No one can seem. I'll tell you, I sure experienced it. We can see the effects of it. We can see the purpose behind it. We can see all the things that goes with it. But when the Holy Spirit crossed that gulf into my life from death into life. And he quickened me, gave me life, and took the blood of Jesus, cleansed my sins, made me a new creature, a whole new person. I'm telling you, that is an entrance right there that nothing will ever do than what it did to me. Thank God for the entrance into my life. Thank you, Jesus. That triumphal entry you made into my heart. You made into my life. What a grand entrance. Number three, his entry into my heart. Number one, is entry into earth. Number two, his entry into the city. Jerusalem number three is entrance into my heart what a grand entrance let me read one more verse on that he says in Romans 8 for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us I quote this a lot I mention it a lot we back up to the first one I read hey this happened because of the will of God because of anybody else or anything else then secondly the glory that should be revealed in us do you understand that glory is there now coming let me explain to you real briefly what I mean when you're born again inside your spirit is washed clean and you're brought alive you have a Holy Spirit living inside of you then he unzips you if you will spiritually speaking steps inside of you and zips it up and throws the zipper away He's there to stay, He's there to live and He takes abode in your heart and He makes His home in your heart. He takes your sins and says, Preacher, how's this happened? I don't know, ask God. But He cleans you up and forgives you of your sin that you've committed against God. Thank God He made me a new creature. Old things were passed away, behold all things become new. What a triumphal entry is that? That's a triumphal entry. And if you've been born again, you've had the same experience. Nobody could ever convince you any different. I saw a t shirt and I got a here. I sold Amber. I said, You can get me that one. It said, I'm a Christian. It said, You can hate me, you can criticize me, you can make fun of me, or less a few things, but you cannot change my mind. And I'll guarantee you nobody is. I'm, let me finish this last one. I'll be done. Revelation nineteen eleven. This is a triumphal entry. Huh. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. <laughs> and he that sat upon him was gone faithful and true. And in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed upon him, followed him upon white horses. Do you realize who that army is? That's us. That's us. Clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out his mouth, it goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the almighty God and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings, Lord of Lords. It's all capitalized. Number four, his entry, return entry to earth. now, Let's talk about just a couple of things here in closing. His first entry into earth, no one was there to witness it. At creation, nobody was there to see that. His entries throughout the Old Testament had some witnesses here and there. His birth, when he came to earth as a human, had a few witnesses as far as earthly speaking goes. Those lowly shepherds out there keeping over their watch or their flock by night. His entry into Jerusalem, a few people saw that. But you see, it was only who was there present at the city at that time. I wonder how many people said, I've got to go here or there for this or that, and they missed that. Or, or whatever the case may have been, they didn't get to see it. How many millions have died and not seen the trifle entry into their heart? They never got to experience that. They never seen that. You see, when someone is born again, realistically, only two people know for sure at that time. That's them and God. You can probably trick me sometimes. You say a preacher; you don't know any more than that. Well, Judas did a good job of tricking 11 people that walked with him three years. I'd say you and I are capable of being tricked. So only two people know that for sure. But on the rapture takes place, the only people that's realistically going to see that is the church. That'll be a pretty trifle entry there too. But I didn't include that one because see, he's not entering earth. He's staying in the sky and we're going to meet him in the air. That's a pretty good entry though, isn't it? But most of the world is going to be deceived and they're going to say that we were took by aliens or something. I don't know what they're going to say, but they're going to say something to wire brain and people's going to believe it. Right. By, I ain't going to get off in that. I started to meddle for a minute, but I won't. Aliens are not real, folks. Don't get caught up in that stuff. So, entry the whole world is going to see. Everybody is going to take notice. Right now, they only see the effects of Christ in our lives for those that are born again. They don't seem personally face to face. But on that day, they will see Him face to face. And we will be with him. You talk about a triumphal entry. That's a triumphal entry right there. When he comes back this time, he's not coming as a lamb. He's not coming as a babe laying in a manger. You know, there's another entrance he's going to make at the end of the tribulation period. Muslims have a belief that they'll rebuild a mosque if it's destroyed by anything but earthquake. That's the only reason they won't rebuild a mosque. If it's burnt down, tore down, whatever down it gets, as long as it's not an earthquake. If it's an earthquake, they will not rebuild on that spot. Guess where Jesus lands at the end of the tribulation period? There's a little rock over in Jerusalem. It's got a little gold dome built on top. Guess what's going to happen on that? He's going to step right there. The thousand millennial rain will start and an earthquake destroys that mosque. And it'll never be rebuilt. Thank God for the entrance of Jesus. He always is triumph. He's never been defeated. It's looked like that a few times on the cross of Calvary I believe the world said we won we beat him but they didn't know God's plan was unfolding right there before their eyes and he was using them to do it but a trifle entry he'll make it last on this earth and not long after heaven will come down and for the first time in the Bible our vision of God will no longer be up it'll be straight on and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Not long after it's when the verse reads, and he shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more back aches, no more hospital visits, no more phone calls, no more bad news, no more uh, things happen when you're broken. By the way, I don't know who done it, but somebody blessed us so much the other day, you have no idea what that meant. You don't understand how much that helped. I don't, I care, but I don't. <laughs> but I'm telling you, church, realize that no matter how bad it looks, there's a triumphal entry coming one day and you're involved in it. Father, we thank you again for this time together. And God, I know that this was a little bit different message. I prayed that I preached it to honor you. Lord, I prayed that I did what you asked me to. Lord, I know maybe it wasn't a challenging type message, but God, I just felt led and compelled to preach something, God, a little bit uplifting today. And God, maybe some people just want to come around the altar and just thank you, God, for what you've done for us and what you're going to do. Lord, we don't have to doubt these things taking place. We know they're true because your word tells us. And God, your word, I've never found to be wrong one time. I never found you to, to lie to me or deceive me in no way, shape, or form one time. You've always been real and honest with me, God, and I thank you for that. And I'll touch hearts as needed. Thank you, Jesus, that you made the ultimate entry into my heart one day. I don't understand it. And I really can't explain a whole lot about it. Because, God, it's so much bigger than what we are, but I sure thank you for it. Touch those that God may be needed today in some way, shape, or form. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. If you're here this morning and... and God has spoken to you. Maybe you just want to come and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I don't know what I'd do without you. This would be a good morning to do so. We're getting ready to celebrate His birth. Wouldn't it be good to sometimes just come around this altar and just say, I want to celebrate you this morning, Jesus, and thank you. We just come around and say, Jesus, thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And we adore you. Say thank you for what you did for us. Made all that glory, all that power, compressed down to that little seed, one night of a woman, and gave birth to a man. Did for you and I, as we say and as we sing. If.